0: It's the On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: This weekend, the Blue Jackets won a game that they probably should have lost and lost a game that they probably should have won. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about Elvis uh, We're going to talk about the goaltending in general, actually. And also, it's our Mailbag Monday. So that's all coming up today on Locked On Blue Jackets. Locked On Blue Jackets, your daily podcast on the Columbus Blue Jackets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked on Blue Jacket. I am, as always, your host, Jay Foster. Uh, I'm here to bring you stories, news, excitement, yelling. There's probably going to be some yelling in uh, in this episode. And I am back to my usual background. So exciting for people who are um, longtime watchers on YouTube. Thank you. Before uh, before we started, I want to thank everyone for making this your first listen of the day every day. Locks and Blue Jackets is free and available on all podcast platforms, and we are also over on YouTube. We are on our way to the next milestone of subscribers, which is super exciting. So if you haven't hit subscribe over there yet, then please feel free to do so. It helps me out. It helps you out. Everybody wins. Now we've got a lot to talk about in this episode, uh, so let's let's jump right into it. We're not going to spend a ton of time on the actual game stuff itself, but there are some things from both games that I want to talk about. Blue Jackets, uh, this weekend, they're back-to-back games. Uh, they had a game against Carolina, which they won 4-3 to three in the shootout, which um, I slept through because I had uh, aggressive jet lag, and uh, apparently me sleeping through games means good things happen, so maybe I should sleep through more games. They then followed that up with a uh, a pretty solid... Uh, loss, actually, um, or a solid defensive effort in a loss, I should say, not a solid loss. Um, it was a uh, a one nothing win for the Washington Capitals um, after getting you know booed out of your own barn six two to the same team like four days ago. Um, it was good to see them put in a little bit more of a solid effort this time. Um, so we're going to talk about both of those games, um, not in a ton of like actual game detail, but. I want to pinpoint a couple of players. I uh, have a couple of maybe hot takes, um, but I want to start off with the Carolina game because um, Karamanchenko is is the guy from this game. Um, so I want to talk about him to begin with. Uh, he scored all of the regulation goals for the Blue Jackets. Uh, that was his first career hat trick. He is, I believe, now tied for fourth on the team in goals. Um, he's got eight on the season, uh, which I think he's only had like 15 games so far. So he's scoring at like a 40 ish goal pace at the minute, which I personally love to see. Um, I think this kid is great. I think his ceiling is higher than maybe a lot of people thought. Um, he's tied with Kent Johnson for rookie scoring at the minute in terms of goals. uh, Like I said, he's got eight, um, and he doesn't appear to be slowing down anytime soon. I thought he looked really good in the Washington game. As well, Um, unfortunately, as we all know, I'm going to go over to my friend at uh, Natural Stat Trek because Brad Larson decided to reward Kirill Marchenko for his hat trick uh, by playing him about, I think it was like 10 minutes last night. So scored all of the goals for the Blue Jackets against the Hurricanes. Capitals come up. Uh in fairness to the Blue Jackets, they put in a it was a pretty solid, a pretty solid effort. Um, they outshot them uh 28 to uh they outshot them 38 to 19 in the end. Um just a, a bonkers a bonkers shutout for Darcy Camper, who I thought played phenomenally. Um, I thought Elvis was also excellent. Uh 18 saves in 19 shots. We're gonna talk about Elvis um and the goal ending in general in a little bit, but uh, before I get distracted, um I need to go to See how much ice time Karim got. Um, he got nine minutes at 5v5, and then he got 10 and a half minutes um, at, at all situations. He had the second lowest ice time, um, and he played most of the game with Cole Sillinger and Carson Meyer. Now, Cole Sillinger's ice time has kind of started creeping up a little bit. He played 12-37 in that game uh, against Washington. He had a, an assist on the hat trick goal for Marchenko in the previous game but i don't understand how you don't have this kid in your top 4 or your top 6 excuse me um i just he scores a hat trick in the, in one game and then the next game okay his possession numbers aren't great but you put him in the the on the third line and then proceed to play the fourth line of uh foodie olivier and Corrali. uh olivier played 14 19 Foodie played 1449 and Corrali played 1643. I just and this is a conversation I feel like I've had so 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 many times, and we're gonna have it again about Ken Johnson in a second. But I don't understand why you are not putting your young players in a position to succeed. Um, Ken Johnson in particular is a really egregious. He was on the ice for 28 shot attempts, four and six against. He had the second highest in the entire game uh in terms of course before percentage the only guy that did better than him was marcus bjork who had a phenomenal game and again only played 16 minutes uh he played the second least ice time out of all of the defensemen um because why would you play him when you can play eric branson who was on the ice for 23 shot attempts against instead of marcus bjork's eight like i just this game man this this coaching staff it makes no sense and again, I know this is a conversation that we've had over and over and over again, but uh, I don't get it. I don't understand what his logic is. And also, like, there was an interview before the game, I believe. It was, it was either just before the game or an intermission interview where he talked about, well, when the kids are succeeding, then you have to play them. Like, I'm going to reward the players to play well um they make it really easy and it was about like the that third goal that Marchenko scored was power play goal I believe and it was or the second it was either the second or the third goal I don't have the numbers in front of me at the minute sorry um but they basically instead of sending the top line out or the top unit they said the second unit out and the second unit got the job done and he so he's talking about well when they're succeeding it makes it really easy for me to do that and then he just he says stuff like that before a game and then he goes right back around to playing you know Sean Corrali for 16.43. Um, And, I mean, even if we look at 5v5, because I know Corrali plays a lot of penalty kill minutes, but even if you look at just all situations, uh, Sean Corrali led forwards in ice time last night. He had more ice time than Patrick Liner. He had more ice time than Johnny. Johnny Gaudreau played 12 and a half minutes last night. Like, I don't know what we're doing. I don't understand what we are doing here. Um, It... I feel like I'm going insane. Like, I feel like I'm being true I showed. I just I very, very sincerely do not understand how th- this is a situation that makes sense to him. And, like, maybe maybe I'm wrong here. Maybe I'm the one in the wrong. Like, I'm not the NHL coach. I don't know anything. But personally, if I was playing a guy, you know, eight and a half million or however much they're paying Johnny Codreau, nine and uh, three quarters, I would play more than 12 and a half minutes a night. I mean, that's in fairness, that's even strength. Uh so if you go to all situations, um, that does flip a little bit. Gus Nyquist played 21 minutes in all situations. Um Johnny Goodreau played exactly the same amount of ice time in all situations as Sean Corelli. Um just <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. I don't understand. And I don't understand how this this is not a problem that's being flagged by anyone else. Um, or no, this is not to say I'm the only person in the entire world talking about it, but I don't understand how no one in the organization seems to have flagged that this is what's happening. Um, and it's it's just so endlessly frustrating. And I can see this being a conversation that we're going to have time and time and time again. Well, they're playing Tampa Bay uh tomorrow night, um, or Wednesday night. It's, uh, I, I don't know what days are anymore. I'm sorry, their next game is against Tampa Bay. Um, they're going to play Peek and Gabranson upwards of 20 minutes, 25 minutes a night each probably, and we're going to get curb stomped. Like, that's just that's just how this is. Um, and this is the thing, even in a game where the shot attempts were 77 Blue Jackets, 47 Capitals, you're, the guy who was the second most ice time on the team, Eric Branson, still had a sub 50% coursey four percentage um he was one of three players that was sub 50 percent um and the other guy was tim bernie who plays on a line with erica branson up on a pairing i guess so this is kind of this is just where we're at now is i have no faith in this team to do anything because i have no faith in the coach to put them in a situation to succeed and it just brad larson is not getting fired that's that's just how this is. He's still going to be paid by the Blue Jackets for the rest of this season and probably next season. Unless, you know, if they get Conor Bedard, you know, I'm just going to knock on wood. If they get Conor Bedard and the Blue Jackets are this bad next season, somebody in this organization should be fired. Like, I like Yama Kekalainen as a GM. I think for the most part, he's been a very good GM. I think it's time for him to take a little bit more control over what is happening on the ice right now, because yes, it's easy to point at Brad Larson and say, "Hey, look this this you're you're underperforming with this team." Um, I think you have to look at, at the choices that Yarmakalin and made this off season. You know, beyond the the signing of Johnny Gaudreau, which you know we all say is incredible, but when you look at you know you're paying four and a half million for Erika Branson, you're paying over two million for Andrew Peak. Like you look at the cap situation, especially on the blue line. You're locked into this blue line. Unless you make some kind of trade, you're locked into essentially this blue line for the next three seasons, maybe more. Um, Erica Branson is on the books until 2025, 26. Same with Andrew Peak. Uh, Adam Boquist is on the books until 2024, 25. Uh, Gavrikov, I assume, is gone at the trade deadline. I can't imagine them bringing uh, Gavin Bayer with the back for any real like roll um bernie and bjork are going to be on entry-level contracts they're coming off those at the end of this season so they'll maybe get a little bit of a bump but you know and then you you know if you add in jake bean returning he's got 2.3 million uh is at nine and a half million like you've you've contracted yourself into a corner you know you look at how well tim bernie has been playing you look at how well marcus bjork has been playing um Jake Christensen has been playing pretty well. Obviously, he's back with the Monsters now. And then, you know, when Nick Blankenberg comes back, and that's what we're going to talk about in a minute, is what do you do then? What do you do when Nick Blankenberg comes back? Because, in my mind, the defensemen that should be playing are the ones that are going to be sat for Nick Blankenberg. Like, uh, that's the thing. When Nick Blankenberg is healthy, like, he's going to be directly competing with Adam Boquist. To even get in the lineup because they have to play peak. They have to play Branson. Like they can't not at this point, they can't have $4 million defensemen sitting on the bench or sitting in the press box, even they just, they can't and they won't. So this is kind of where, where the Blue Jackets are at. They've, and this is, this is not a Brad Larson thing. This is a Yamakak thing. He has contracted himself into a corner. He has paid too much for third line defensemen. Can they move out of Boquist's contract? Maybe. I don't, they could probably move Andrew Peake's contract. He is the kind of guy that teams love. Um, I just I don't know. We need to we need to move on because otherwise I'm going to spend the rest of this episode just staring at Cap Friendly and bemoaning everything. Um, but we're going to in a minute get to uh, a couple of mailbag questions. I got some really good ones, uh, one that I've been sitting on for a few days, actually, um, and I'm really excited to talk about that. Uh, So we're going to do that in a second. But first, I've got to tell you about a sponsor that I use literally every day. Um, I started taking AG1 because I didn't have time to go through and get a million different supplements and figure out, you know, what tailored dietary nutrition plan supplement thing was the best for me. Um, But AG1 does that for you. It is a combination of 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food-sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day, right? Uh, It helps gut health, nervous system, immune system, energy recovery, focus, aging, just all of the things that I feel so much better since I've started taking it. And uh, Athletic Greens wants to help you as well. It's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. Just one scoop in a cup of water every day. There's no need for a million different pills or supplements or powders or creams or anything like that. Uh, You don't need any of that. And to make it even easier, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. And all you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL network. Once again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance.
0: Have you ever seen an NHL player get off a team bus and think to yourself, gosh, I wish I could dress that nice? Well, with Indochino, you can. Indochino makes fully customized suits that don't require a trip to the tailor to get that perfect fit. Recently, I was shopping for a new dress shirt for my upcoming wedding, and when I decided to go with the Hyde Herringbone shirt, I was blown away at all the customization options I had. I could change the type of collar, cuffs, and even decide whether or not I wanted a chest pocket, all while being incredibly affordable, especially given the quality of the product I was getting. New colors, fabrics, and outerwear styles are added regularly too, so it's easy to create your next look. Level up your game with Indochino. Go to Indochino.com and use code NHL to get 10% off any purchase of $399 or more. That's 10% off at
1: Indochino.com with code NHL. And welcome back to Locked on Blue Jackets. Thank you for making this your first listen of the day every day. Blue Jackets continues to be free and available on all prospects on all podcast platforms. We're also over on YouTube. So uh, no matter where or how you are listening, I appreciate you. Um, So we're going to start off with um, a question that I got on a YouTube video uh, a while ago. And someone said, you know, how's Texier doing in Europe? Can we get an update on Alexander Texier? Now, Texier is still on the Blue Jackets books. He uh, entered, I believe, the uh, player support... Uh, program and uh ended up being loaned out to the zurich lions i guess uh that it's a little bit closer to home um and i think you know he missed a bunch of time last season due to uh, personal matters due to family matters um and i guess he wants to be closer to home which is absolutely fine you know um does he return next season i'm still not sure but in the national league which is a pretty good league in europe for the lions which is a pretty good team in that league uh, he's got 20 points in 28 games so far he's got six goals 14 assists and he sounds like he's doing pretty well um it's it's tough to to mark how that how he would be doing if he was over here because it's a very different game it's a very different league but i the more i think about it the more i wonder if Texier just stays in europe um, I just had the cap friendly page up and now I have to reopen it, but um, I believe this is his last year on the books for the Blue Jackets um, in terms of non roster players. Uh, yeah. So his, his cap, it doesn't count against the cap at the minute. He is in the substance abuse and behavioral health program. Um, so again, obviously, you know, the fact that he's playing in, in uh, Switzerland probably bodes well in terms of, you know, how he's doing on a personal level. Do we see him with the Blue Jackets again? It's tough to say. I would like to. I'm a big Texier fan, um, and I think he was really starting to find his groove last season. Um, he had 11 goals in 36 games, and it really looked like he was kind of – he was playing on the fourth line with Carally and Robinson, um, but I didn't hate that. He was playing with a little bit kind of of, of attitude and of snarl, um, and I think that was actually when the fourth line was really effective because um, they were playing they were playing that kind of fourth line role, but they were doing it and they were scoring at the same time. So I really like that as a fourth line. Um, we won't talk about the fourth line at the minute because, again, we don't have time to get into all of that. But I would like to take you back with a Blue Jackets uniform. I don't know that we will. I think it's, it's so difficult, I think. And this is something that I've kind of been talking about a little bit with um, some of the hosts. Once a player leaves kind of the NHL, AHL bubble, it's so difficult to get back. Um, You know, like if a player, for example, um, if a player gets sent down to the ECHL, it is so, so rare that that player will come back to the AHL for any length of time, even rarer that will make the NHL. And it's kind of it's the same thing. If a player goes over to Europe, I feel like it's just so difficult for them to get back, whether that's because they've lost their lineup spot, because they get used to playing in Europe, um, because they're getting more opportunities over there. They don't want to come back. Um, just there's a whole bunch of different things. And I don't know that Alexander texts you. I'd love to see him back. I really would. I don't know that we will. Um, I guess that's a conversation that um, they will have to have in the off season, figure out where he's at in terms of um, the, the substance abuse behavioral health program. Maybe he comes back. Maybe he spent some time in Cleveland um, before coming back up. I don't know. Like I said, I'd love to see him back. I don't know that we will um and so that's kind of just a little bit on how texier is doing like i said i uh, i liked him a lot i hoped that he would be back i just i'm not super sure of that right now um and we're going to talk a little bit more about players uh returning and that is uh we're talking about nick blankenberg uh, so sad girl hours with nick with nick blackenberg coming back what's the status of the defense do we send someone down? Is Blank sent down, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera. I don't think that they send Nick Blankenberg to the AHL. Um, Nick Blankenberg is, and Nick Blankenburg is such a weird, a weird case in terms of like fancy stats because if you look at his stats in a vacuum, he's basically a replacement level player. But if you look at how everyone else plays when he's on the ice they turn it up. And so I don't know whether that's that he's a good motivator or, or that they just, you know, I don't know. I don't know what it is. It's such a weird thing. And I want to see him come back soon because I want to get more kind of, it's a small sample size that we're looking at at the minute. Um, But I want to see more of that because I'm really intrigued as to how that kind of pans out over a longer, a longer period of time, but we come back to, you know, who sits. Um, I think Marcus Bjork, it's probably going to be the odd man out. I would expect to see Bjork back in, um, back in Cleveland with the re of Nick Blankenberg. Um, just because I think they would rather have him playing than sitting on the bench. Um, but then, you know, you get, you get to who plays Blankenberg or Boquist um, who plays instead of, you know, do they, do they send Tim Bernie down? I think Gavin Berry is probably pretty locked in as that seventh defenseman, you know, the Scott Harrington spot, but, if you look at the the six defensemen that they have, um, Marcus Bjork, to me, feels like maybe the odd guy out. Um, I think they really, really like Tim Burney, which is fair. I like Tim Burney as well. Um, but to me, the... Uh, I don't know. i I want Blankenberg and Boquist in the lineup at the same time, but I don't know that that's going to happen, especially with Bernie being a left-handed defenseman. um, You know, with Wensky out for the season, they're short on left-handed defensemen. With Bean out, they're short again. Um, So honestly, I think it might be Gabrikov, Bernie, Beirutha on that left-hand side, unless um, Blankenberg switches to the left side, which could happen, I don't know. But in my mind, the rest of the season is probably going to be Gavrikov, Bernie, Beru on the left, and then Gabranson, Peek, and one of Boquist or Blankenberg on the right, and the other one sitting in the press box, which to me feels like a bad way to develop your young players. But hey, what do I know? Um, so that's kind of that's kind of how I feel. At this point, I think I don't know. I feel like Blankenberg could probably benefit from being sent down to the Monsters. I think he could probably benefit from having some you know a ton of ice time down there, but. I think he's. I think he's an NHL player. I think he's NHL ready. I, you know, again, small sample, but the little bit of him that we saw before he broke his foot or his his ankle was fantastic. He was our best defenseman, and like that's not hyperbole. That's that's just how it is. in In a lot of those games, he was our best defenseman. So excited to see and Bow back. Hopefully, he gets back and starts playing significant minutes um, instead of sitting on the bench or playing like 12 minutes a night. But again, with Brad Larson, there is just no way to know. Um, in a minute, we've got a couple more uh, mailbag questions to get through. But first, I've got to tell you all about Bet Online because it's your number one source for sports betting and stats and information and all of the things that you need to know about gambling. You can get the latest odds and trends for every professional amateur league out there, from pro football to college bowl season, uh, which is just wrapping up, I believe. Uh, Basketball, the World Cup just finished up. Uh, The baseball is going to be back soon. Obviously, it's getting kind of to that point in the NHL season where teams are either, you know pretty set on making the playoffs, or they're pretty set on being in the draft lottery, you can bet on both of those things at betonline.net. They're the fastest and easiest way to get your betting information. So head to the website today, or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action, bet Online is where the game starts.
0: Have you ever seen an NHL player get off a team bus and think to yourself, gosh, I wish I could dress that nice? Well, with Indochino, you can. Indochino makes fully customized suits that don't require a trip to the tailor to get that perfect fit. Recently, I was shopping for a new dress shirt for my upcoming wedding, and when I decided to go with the Hyde herringbone shirt, I was blown away at all the customization options I had. I could change the type of collar, cuffs, and even decide whether or not I wanted a chest pocket, all while being incredibly affordable, especially given the quality of the product I was getting. New colors, fabrics, and outerwear styles are added regularly too, so it's easy to create your next look. Level up your game with Indochino. Go to Indochino.com and use code NHL to get 10% off any purchase of $399 or more. That's 10% off at Indochino.com with
1: code NHL. Okay, so I've got a couple more mailbag questions to get through. Um, so, uh, first one from, uh, Anilin here. I'd love to hear your expert goalie opinions on, just on how Elvis is, uh, and the other goalies are faring. Not so much a specific question as how is form slash development holding up in face of uh, all of this. So, um, the answer I think is tough. And this is something that I would love to do a really, a much deeper dive into, honestly. Um, Elvis has showed improvement um, since coming back. And there was a really, really good, but also bad quote from Elvis uh, after uh, either after the, the first Washington game or after this game, who basically said, listen, I know I've been bad. I hate it. Like it makes me angrier that it makes all of you. I promise Um, I was supposed to be better this season. And I wasn't, I still think I could be good in this league, but I've got a lot of work to do. And hopefully I get the chance to do that work essentially. Um, The problem with Elvis specifically is he's kind of running out of time in terms of development. Like, he's 28 now, I believe, 27 or 28, which, you know, is basically dead in goalie years. He's still got maybe three or four good years left in him, maybe more than that, you know, with the way that uh, goalie development is going. But also, if you look at the injuries he's had, the surgeries he's had, um, the amount of time that he's missed, like, him to be a bona fide starter option, like I think maybe three to four years after this, you know, maybe to the end of the contract that he's on at the minute. And then after that, who's to say? Goalie development is is a weird one because it's something that you kind of can only really develop once you get to kind of Muslikens' level. Like, I don't think that you can really develop him anymore. What you can do is try and fix things. You can try and work on things. But for this, for better or worse, I think is kind of, The goalie that Elvis is, and I don't think he's been helped by everything that's happening in front of him. However, he's been playing behind the same defense that Korpisalo and Tarasov have been playing behind, and they've fared better. This is not me saying that Elvis. we should write Elvis off. I think that there is a much better Elvis that we can get to, or that the Blue Jackets can get to. Um, But... The more I think about it, and this might be something that we talk about a little bit more in tomorrow's episode because I'm kind of running out of time here and I have a lot more that I want to say about Elvis. Um, I saw there was an an athletic article where they talked a lot about Elvis and Aaron Portsline interviewed a couple of goalie experts and one of them said maybe what Elvis needs is a change of scenery. You know, clearly there's a lot of stress tied up in him being a blue jacket right now. There's a lot of, I think, still existing trauma from what happened to Kiv Lennox does he need a trade and a fresh a fresh place to to live and uh, thrive and succeed? Um, and the answer to that is maybe, and the more I think about it, as much as it pains me to admit it, because you know I love Elvis. Everyone who listens to the show, all of my friends, everyone on Twitter, like the, the woman next door, they know I love Elvis. I don't know that Columbus is the best place for him to succeed anymore, and if the choice is him being bad and miserable here or him succeeding and being happy somewhere else like at a certain point you have to be like well i want to let this player go and succeed on his own terms so that's kind of where i am with elvis like i say maybe i'll talk a little bit more about this tomorrow because i do want to talk a little bit more about it and i do have lots of things to say about elvis specifically but um that's kind of my my elevator pitch i guess for how elvis is doing right now um another question from uh, from Anil and here on a maybe slightly more cheerful note, let's talk jerseys. If you were in charge, what theme would you like a retro or reverse retro jersey to focus on next season? Um, so my my kind of dream for a Blue Jackets jersey is not specifically a retro or a reverse retro or anything like that. So one of my favourite things is um, the Blue Jackets, what they what they ended up being called, but I believe that the second name or the name that they were almost called was the Columbus Justice. Uh, which is a rad as hell name. Um, And if that does not get used for, you know, whenever women's hockey comes to Columbus, like I'm going to be furious, but I would love some kind of like maybe a league wide thing of, Hey, what was this team almost called? Or, you know, what name was, was in the the mix, you know, do a, a Seattle Sockeyes Jersey. I know that there's copyright issues and everything with that, but, you know, or look at, um, and things like that. I think names that the team were almost called. And I would love to see a Columbus Justice jersey. I think that would be cool as hell. I don't think that's like retro or reverse retro specifically, but that's what I want. And um, my other option is lean into the ugly and just do like a lime green stinger jersey. Like, I think that would be hideous. I think it would be awful. Um, I would buy one immediately. So those are kind of my options. Um, and then I have one final question. Uh, in a maybe preemptive move, Who are your dream candidates for the new head coach next year? And I'm looking at, or I'm not looking at, but I'm thinking about who's available in terms of coaches right now. And there's not really anyone like Barry Trotz is ostensibly available. He almost went to Winnipeg and then was like, no, I want to take a year out. I would be um, surprised if he is not coaching an NHL team this time next season. I don't know that his coaching style fits into the style of team that the Blue Jackets are trying to build. Um, You know, the Blue Jackets are not the defensive star that they were under Tortorella anymore. They are a, in in a perfect world, they are a high-octane, high-scoring chaos team. And I think that Barry Trotz is a very good coach, and he did wonderful things in Washington and in New York, and I think he'd probably do wonderful things somewhere else. I think Vancouver for example, could probably benefit greatly from a guy like Barry Trotz. Um, I don't know that he's the right coach for the Blue Jackets at this exact moment in time. Um, honestly, I'd like to see another first-time coach. Um, or, you know, could we possibly see, I don't know, a European come over um or you know literally like I don't know and must know some Finnish coach somewhere that is doing well in in La Liga or somewhere else in the KHL and coaxing to come over like who who's to say I but like honestly the problem with NHL head coaching positions is that it is just kind of the same 35 men that just get rotated in and around and looking at I mean like you look at like um Mike Babcock is available um we're probably about at the time and the point of the redemption story of Joel Quenville that he's going to be allowed to come back in a couple of seasons. I don't want either of those guys coaching this team for various reasons that, I, I again, I don't really have time to get into right now. But I don't think either of those guys would be good for this specific Blue Jackets team. Um, so looking around the league, like, I don't know, I just I don't know that there are any coaches out there right now that could be options. Um, Maybe I'll, maybe I'll look into the European side of it anymore. Um, I'll look into um, the AHL has some very good coaches available, you know, like the Blue Jackets famously, instead of going with Jared Bednar, who left to, you know, coached a powerhouse Colorado Avalanche team to a Stanley cup after like five seasons. um, You know, the Blue Jackets could have kept Bednar in the organization who, you know, it's a revisionist history. I know, but maybe there is an AHL coach out there. Um, you know, like the Chicago Wolves have had two of their head coaches poached into the NHL. I believe uh, they've both been uh, with the San Jose Sharks organization. So, you know, it's it's not necessarily who of the coaches is available right now, but who is available in the future. Um, and I would be keeping my eye on coaches that are doing well in the KHL, in La Liga, um, in the AHL specifically, and maybe look at if any of those guys are looking to get a promotion. Um, maybe it's not that they become head coach right away. Maybe it's that they co- they hire them as an assistant coach and, you know, use them as a stepping stone Um kind of in the same way that Dallas, uh, not Dallas, excuse me, New Jersey is doing with uh, Lindsey Ruff and Andrew Brunett. you know? So it's, there's not really anyone out there that I'm like, yes, I want that guy to coach the Blue Jackets like a knee-jerk reaction but i think there's definitely guys out there um i just think that no one has found them yet um and that's kind of all i've got time for today uh so we'll we'll finish there um that was a really good mailbag i enjoyed that a lot uh, great questions everyone shout out to all of you um thank you for listening thank you for making this your first listen of the day every day Locked on blue jacket is free and available on all podcast platforms we're also over on youtube uh Subscribe on YouTube, download on any app, uh, like, subscribe, comment, do all of the things uh, that helps me out, helps you out. Like I said, everybody wins, and uh, especially me, but also you. Um, so I appreciate everyone that has done that so far. I appreciate all of you listening, watching, etc., etc. et, cetera, et cetera. Um, We'll be back tomorrow. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about the goaltending, because I didn't even get a chance to talk about Jonas Corposalo, really, and I wanted to, so we'll do that tomorrow. And uh, we will also do a preview of tomorrow's game against the Tampa Bay Lightning, who that I'm not looking forward to that game, but I also wasn't looking forward to the Carolina game and look how that happened. So maybe I'll sleep through this one and hope for the best. I don't know. We'll talk about the Tampa Bay game tomorrow. Uh, That is it for now. You can find me on Twitter at uh, underscore Jacob Foster, J-A-K-O-B-F-O-R-S-T-E-R. You can find the podcast at L-O underscore Blue Jackets. If you have comments, questions, criticisms, you can email me at lockedonbluejackets at gmail.com. And uh, until tomorrow, make sure you stay locked on. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music.